Hi, my name is Pastor Peter. I'm the youth pastor here at Dogamza Church, so I'll be subbing for you guys today. So today's sermon's called The Power of Patience, and the uh, main reason I uh, wanted to share about this topic was I'm just getting really tired of the whole COVID thing, and I'm just, I, wanted, I thought it was over in December, and then it kicked up again in January. So I don't know how uh, you guys uh, deal with patience, or you feel like you're a patient person. I remember, I think it was on... Thursday or Friday, I was in line at Smart and Final, and I was getting angry, right? Like, whoa, why is this cashier taking so long? And then I realized I was, I was only third in line, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, why am I, what's wrong with me? Right? I was getting mad at this, I think she was a new cashier, like trainee, and then, but I was third in line, I'm getting angry, and I'm like, oh, what's wrong with me, right? And then, uh, I don't know if you guys get uh, really impatient about stuff. Uh, uh, another thing that gets on my nerves a lot is uh, YouTube ads, where you're trying to watch something and the ad pops up. Uh, I don't know how, uh, if there's any older people in the room like me, but there was a time back in the 90s where YouTube didn't have ads. It was this glorious time where you just click it and you watch the video. It was um, unbelievable. I don't know, teenagers, they don't believe me when I say that, right? So, or today, uh, like, uh, a lot of people have impatience with cell phones and stuff. Uh, during the week, I'm a high school biology teacher, and that's the main point of conflict with students is using cell phones in class, uh, and sometimes it's bad. Sometimes uh, I'll take a student's phone, and they'll yell at me, and we'll get into it in front of everybody. It's very bad, and then... Uh, the funniest thing I saw was one time I took a kid's phone, and then he took out another one immediately. So now, now they're bringing two phones to school because they know they'll take one. I'll get another one. So it's getting crazy. But for me, the uh, one thing I was really just getting, uh, just wearing down my patience was the COVID thing. And uh, I still remember three years ago uh, when I was at school. I, I it was in March where they shut down the schools. And I told the students, don't worry, guys. It's just the flu. We'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> I still remember that. That was three years ago. And I was like, oh, it just kept going and going. And, uh, yeah, I've, a lot of the seniors are upset because they missed on so many of their events. I know I have a lot of family and friends who are, their businesses are, like, barely, like, hanging on by that, like, like, the last thread. And they're just trying to hold on. So today's uh, sermon, it's on the power of patience, and we're going to read from James chapter 5, verse 7, and it says this, uh, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for autumn and spring and rain. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So this is James talking to the Christians, and he's saying, be patient. Be like a farmer. Right? Anyone ever do farming or planting, gardening, don't grow anything? Okay. Few people, right? So uh, I don't know if you've ever planted something and watched it all the way go to uh, the point where it's actually fruit comes out and it's ripened. Uh, 
There's this, uh, I don't know if you ever tasted ripened fruit when it's off the vine. It's so good, right? So there's this farm in, uh, I forgot what it's called, but it's in Simi Valley area. They have the strawberry farm. And I took uh, my old church youth group kids there. And then you get to pick strawberries, and then you have to pay for them, and then you eat them, right? But then I'd never seen strawberries that big before, sorry. So I bit one, and it was so good. And then our whole youth group, we just started eating them off the ground. We weren't supposed to do that. But it was super, super sweet. I've never tasted strawberries that sweet before. So when I was younger, me and my brother, we, in our backyard, we had this peach tree. It was really small, like wimpy. But uh, we would just wait, right? We would wait until summer for those peaches to get ripened. And, you know, we would wait and you see the flowers kind of come up in spring. And then you see the little bud. And then it would start to grow. And then there was like this two-day window in summer where we just, we would go and we just start eating them all. And then they were like, uh, they were a little golf ball size. But we just remember they were so sweet. And then... I remember the ants would come, and then we would, like, fight off the ants and uh, just eat the peaches. And then because of that memory, my brother, he decided to, uh, a few years ago, yeah, a few years ago, he decided to buy peach trees. He's like, let's, let's plant them, right, just like we were a kid so we could eat those peaches. So he bought uh, some, a peach tree, and then apparently if you buy, like, the full-grown peach tree, it costs a lot of money. So we bought, like, the little baby one. It was like less than 20 bucks, but uh, it, it said on the label, it's going to take four to eight years to bear fruit, right? So we planted it, we waited. After a couple years, we noticed nothing's happening. Like there's no nothing, flower, nothing. So we looked it up, and then my brother figured out, if you want your peach tree to bear fruit, you have to plant two because you need the pollen from this one to go to this one. Otherwise, there's going to be no fruit. All right, so then we realized we just wasted two years, right? But basically, uh, James is saying to the Christians, be patient. It's going to take years. Sometimes it's going to take generations, right? It's going to take a long time sometimes before you see fruit, right? So uh, this happened a lot at my, at the, when we were at the other church location. Uh, I was a youth pastor at another church. And then there were kids you saw, and you see, like, man, I'm investing so much in them, and then nothing happening. And then at the old church location, there was this Living Way church. And then I, every once in a while, I would meet a former student like, that I had. And then I remember one student I met, and I was like, what are you doing here, <laughs> right? And then he's like, oh, I'm here going to church with my wife and everything. I was like, what? Right, because I was like, he didn't care at all about church and youth group, right? And they're like, wow. And then it just took time. It took years sometimes. It takes generations. But then the fruit comes, all right? So James is saying to these Christians, be patient, right? Then you will uh, bear fruit. And then in verse 10, it says, be patient. As you be patient, you uh, wait for the fruit to come up. Then you'll be able to see God work. You'll be able to see that God is good. Verse 10, it says, Brothers and sisters, as example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have uh, persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. 
All right? So he's saying you will be blessed if you're patient. Right? You'll be able to see God working. All right? I know uh, all times, I don't know if you were like that, uh, like this, but uh, usually under kids under 10, you talk to them and they say, I can't wait to be, you know, over 10 years old. Right? And then teenagers, same thing. I can't wait to be 20 and then uh, be able to drive and I'll be independent and everything. But I remember I noticed a lot with, with my friends, something happens in your 20s where you're like, wait, like, slow down. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This is going too fast. All right, let's go back. Right? And then, so uh, uh, what James is talking about here is let's accept what the Lord gives in the Lord's timetable. Right? Instead of waiting, wishing, oh, I could go over there toward the future, or I wish I could go backward this way, let's be patient and see what the Lord is doing in my life right now. All right, so uh, this time we're going to talk about three points of how, how to become more patient. Right? And the first point is, let's trust the, God's timetable. Right? So patient means uh, accepting what the Lord gives on his timetable or sometimes what he decides not to give us. But when we do this, this results in inner peace and a lack of stress. When we seek, uh, when we accept that whatever is coming my way, it's part of a bigger plan, right? So that uh, one of the, the most common biblical metaphor for ministry you see, James uses it as farming. It's saying, hey, there's going to be seasons in your life, good and bad, but accept that, hey, whatever is happening, it's part of a bigger plan, right? So I know... Uh, God's time frame, a lot of times it's seasons, years, generations. And for us, a lot of times it's days, minutes, seconds now, especially today, right? And it's tough for us to be uh, patient. But the danger of being impatient is then a lot of times we'll miss out on what God's plans for us or what it, whatever he's trying to do in our lives. Psalm 37, 7 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And I like this quote from John Piper about this verse. God is always doing 10,000 things in your life, and you may be aware of three of them. Right? So all the time, God is working in your life. He's doing 10,000 things in your life. But a lot of times, we might only be aware of three. And usually, it's the bad stuff. Right? And we think, oh, why can't he fix that or do that? And this is uh, what John Piper says. When we grow impatient, we overestimate our own ability to judge our circumstances and we underestimate the good God can do through unwanted inconveniences and unexpected delays. The humble receive the same inconveniences and delays as callings, not distractions. As God revealing his will and timing to them. Right? So uh, one thing that helps me understand, okay, accepting God's timetable is to think, if my life was a movie, right, who's the main character of this movie? Right? So for example... For the Avengers series, who's the main character? Captain America or Iron Man? Anybody Iron Man? I have this debate with my wife. My wife says it's Iron Man. I say Captain America is the leader. I don't know. We go back and forth. So who's the main uh, character in your life? If your life is a movie. And for me, I, always, I struggle this a lot. I always think it's me, right? God, I need money for these bills. God, I need you to get rid of this person in my life. I had enough. God, you need to get this. It's me. God, you need to do this for me. But then what John Piper's talking about is when you switch it, 
when you realize God's at the center, realize God's the main character, and then I'm just, I want to, then you change it for a second and say, okay, what can I, how can I be part of what God's doing, right? How can I do, God's doing this? Okay, how can I be a part of that? And then it changes your perspective. Then those people you're impatient with, you want out of your life, you realize, okay, what does God want me to do for that person? How does, how does God want me to reach that person or bless that person, encourage that person? Psalm 37.7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. So step one, how to be more patient. Uh, uh, remember, what's it? Trust God's timetable. Okay, that's number one. Number two, how to become more patient. Remember God's patience for you, right? Especially when he, I'm talking about when those small daily things that get you impatient and maybe uh, get you angry. Uh, anybody here live in West L.A.? Okay, I used to live in West L.A., and the traffic there is insane. And I'm not, not even the freeway. Just local traffic on a Friday night is just insane. I remember one time I timed it just to see it. And I was in West L.A., and I was uh, driving locally. And it took me an hour to drive a mile, like just locally. I was just trying to get, I live near where the 10 and 405 are. I was just trying to get to the 405 entrance. Took me an hour, right? So those little daily things that may uh, test your patience, standing in line, waiting uh, in line to check out. Uh, and so whenever you feel impatient in those moments, remember God's patience for you, right? So J.I. Packer says this, appreciate the patience of God. Think of how he is born with you and still bears with you when you, when so much in your life is unworthy of him and you have so richly deserved his rejection, learn to marvel at his patience and seek grace to imitate in your dealings with others and try not his patience anymore. When you're 62, you appreciate a statement like this more than when you were 25. I appreciated God's patience then. I appreciate it more now. He has borne with me for 37 more years. My wife, my children, and the men I serve in the ministry know how true it is. There's so much of my life that is unworthy of him. Right, so Psalm 103.10 reminds us, He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. All right, so whenever we're uh, in our daily lives, we're just getting impatient with little things, getting angry. Remember God's patience for us. Remember uh, the love he showed us on the cross Remember how God doesn't give up on us. His mercies are new every morning, all right? So that's the second step, how to become more patient. Remember God's patience for us, all right? And then third step, how to become more patient. Remember this phase, this too shall pass, all right? So there's this phrase, it's, in, it's not exactly a Bible verse, but it's kind of become a Christian phrase, this too shall pass. There have been multiple songs uh, written with this phrase, but it just reminds us, whatever you're going through, especially if it's a big obstacle in your life or some kind of suffering in your life, just remember, this too shall pass. It's not going to last forever. Second Corinthians 5 says this, For we know that this earthly tent we live in is destroyed. We have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, long to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. 
For while we are in this tent, we groan in our burden because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. All right, so this is a reminder. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church and he's reminding them, don't get too attached to the things of this world, right? Because the present uh, things in the world, they're temporary in nature, right? Uh, it's going to pass, right? So uh, remember the phrase, this too shall pass. So if you have long-term goals and you're not getting there and it's taking forever and, and it's testing your patience, just remember those obstacles, barriers, this too shall pass, all right? So uh, I, when I was starting out as a pastor, like an intern pastor, there was this older pastor, and he shared this quote with me, like my first year of ministry, and it just stuck with me this whole time. And what he said was, 85% uh, of your problems go away by doing nothing, right? And I was like, what? What's he talking about? Right? I didn't fully get it. It took me a few years to get it. But what he was saying was a lot of the stuff I thought were problems in my life, they really were nothing. A lot of them was I was overreacting or I was super emotional, or I was, I was really irrational with anger or whatever. And I was freaking out over these little things. And then basically he was saying what the phrase was saying, this too shall relax. A lot of things, just wait. Right? And those problems you thought were huge problems, they're actually not. Right? But then there was a second part to the quote that he shared, and he said, but 50% of your problems, those are the real big ones, right? And those you need to act immediately or else those could ruin your whole ministry, all right? And then he was just sharing how as you get older as a pastor, you're able to differentiate, and you could see it better. This is a big problem. This is not a real problem, all right? So this is a reminder to Christians, this too shall pass, right? Sometimes all you have to do is just wait a little, and the hardships and the suffering passes. But this phrase means uh, something a little different for Christians and non-Christians. For non-Christians, it might mean, yeah, okay. Hey, the, the bad stuff, it'll pass, right? But then this is also a reminder to Christians that uh, uh, when you're feeling really high, really good about yourself, everything's going the way you want it, maybe you're getting a big head, and then you start to forget about God, remember that this too shall pass, right? That'll pass too, right? The low, low points in your past life, that'll pass, and also those high points, right? So don't get too attached to this world. I remember uh, two years ago, I had a friend. He bugged me for about a year uh, to invest in Bitcoin, right? He was like, crypto's the future. You got to do it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't trust it. But he bugged me for a year. Finally, I did it. At the end of the year, I invested. I think it was two, three years ago. Two, three years ago. Well, last year, it went up like crazy. And then I started having these weird, like delusional dreams, right? Like, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to retire next year. I started thinking all this weird stuff. Like, don't tell my wife. We had discussions like, if we become millionaires, what are we going to buy first? And then we started thinking. And then, then uh, January happened. If any of you follow Bitcoin, January happened. And the money's all gone. Right? And you're like, oh, this too shall pass. Okay? It was, it was just a dream. Right? So remember the phrase, uh, this too shall pass, all right? So I'm going to close this, with this story from uh, Ben Warfield. He's a professor, world-famous professor at Princeton Seminary. He taught there for 34 years, but he was more famous for the way he treated his wife, right? There was uh, this thing that happened with his wife. In 1876, 
At the age of 25, he married Annie Kinkeed. Uh, they took a honeymoon to Germany. During a storm, Annie was struck by lightning and permanently paralyzed. This is on their honeymoon. And then uh, after caring for her patiently for 39 years, Warfield later to, later to rest in 1915. Because Annie's extraordinary needs, Warfield almost never left his home for more than two hours at a time, for 39 years. But when Warfield came to write his thoughts on Romans 8:28, he wrote this. The fundamental thought is the universal government of God's providence. All that comes to you is under his controlling hand. The secondary thought is the favor of God to those who love him. If he governs all, then nothing but good can befall those to whom he would do good. He will so govern all things that we shall reap only good from all that befalls us. All right. So uh, if you're going through a tough time, there's, your patient's getting tested, especially with this COVID area, COVID era, just remember, remember those three points. Trust God's timetable. Remember God's patience for us. And then remember that this too shall pass. So I want to uh, play you a clip from this movie. This, this sermon is basically based off this clip I saw in this movie called Evan Almighty. But it was such a good thing. Maybe it's because it's Morgan Freeman talking, but it just stuck with me for years. Oh, excuse me. Can I get a refill, please? Coming right up. Excuse me, are you, are you all right? Yeah. No, it's a long story. Well, I like stories. I'm considered a bit of a storyteller myself. My husband, have you heard of New York's Noah? <laughs> the guy who's building the ark. That's him. I love that story. Knowing the ark. You know, a lot of people miss the point of that story. They think it's about God's wrath and anger. They love it when God gets angry. What is the story about then, the Ark? Well, I think it's a love story about believing in each other. You know, the animals showed up in pairs. They stood by each other, side by side, just like Noah and his family. Everybody entered the Ark side by side. But my husband says God told him to do it. What do you do with that? Sounds like an opportunity. Let me ask you something. If someone prays for patience, you think God gives them patience? Or does he give them the opportunity to be patient? If they prayed for courage, does God give them courage? Or does he give them opportunity to be courageous? If someone prayed for the family to be closer, do you think God zaps them with warm, fuzzy feelings? Or does he give them opportunities to love each other? A lot of people to serve. Enjoy. All right, let's pray. Dear God, I just pray for people who've, uh, their patience has been tested through this last three years of COVID. I pray for people who patience is being tested right now by other people in their lives, maybe even family. Uh, I pray for people who's tested Patience is just being tested by daily life stuff, just traffic, uh, waiting in line, money issues, all those things, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that we would all just uh, trust your timetable, 
Lord, that we would remember your patience with us. And then I just pray, Lord, that uh, we would always remember at the end of the day that this too shall pass, that we won't get too attached to things of this world or too overly worried about things happening in this world, but know that our permanent home is going to be with you in heaven, Lord. Probably six of Jesus' name.